0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: I do remember coming to the Winter Olympics in 1988. Uh, for me, music's uh, a big trigger for, for memories. And I think everyone's kind of like that, right? Yeah, yesterday, we were talking about Adrian Cronauer and uh, the movie Good Morning Vietnam. To me, there's such a link between the two because I remember I had the, the cassette tape, the soundtrack of Good Morning Vietnam. And any time I hear any of the songs that are on that soundtrack, I'm reminded of the Calgary Olympics because uh, we took a bus down on a, on a field trip uh, to come down. I had my Walkman and just played that tape over and over again in eighth grade. So I do remember that. But what's the earliest memory you have? Uh, of childhood how far back can you remember my wife for example she claims to remember things from like when she was three i really don't i have some memory i can kind of remember kindergarten but here's the thing with memory i mean memory is a tricky thing when you think you remember something it might not gone have gone down exactly as you remember there are different things that can cloud our memories or, or impact our memories like what you think you remember from your childhood very early in your childhood might not actually be a memory. It might be a concoction of some kind of vague recollection. Maybe you've seen some pictures of being somewhere, doing something. You know, you've heard your parents talking about it. Is it the vacation or being in a certain place. And it all kind of gets uh, smushed together and it seems like a memory. But there's a, a new study that came out this week that finds many of this 40% of people have what are essentially then false memories, what they think are their earliest childhood memories. Things that feel like they can remember, but actually aren't real memories, which is, is interesting. Joining us to, to explain more of this is uh, Martin Conway. Uh, he's the director of the Center for Memory and Law at City University of London, a co-author of this report. Professor Conway, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, this is, like I say, this is a fascinating question because I think all of us can can pinpoint or try to pinpoint what we think are our earliest memories of being a child, two, three, four, five years old. In terms of what we know about when memories are formed, realistically, what is the earliest we could possibly remember?
2: Well, if we, uh, and and we haven't done this research, other people have done this research, there's been a lot of them, but uh, if we go to children. Okay, who are four, five, six, seven, or eight years old, and we ask them to remember specific episodes from when they were three, two, or one. Uh, they can't do it, and and uh, as they get older, even the information they can remember from those earliest years becomes inaccessible. You know, so, it's most unlikely that any adult could remember uh, a specific event below about the age of two.
1: This study takes a, a different approach to it because it, it, it's possible then what we think are early memory memories are or maybe not, or or maybe there are pieces of things that we remember and our brains have, you know, formed what seems like a memory based on I guess stories we've heard, pictures we've seen, these kinds of things.
2: Yes, that's what we think. Uh, so in this particular study, we found that really quite a substantial number of people unexpectedly had memories they claim dated to the age of two or below, and even one or below. And actually, if you go and look on the web, you can find endless memories of people, supposed memories of people before they were born, uh, memories of conception, memories of being in the womb. So there's a whole kind of you know, fantasy out there. But uh, the ones we looked at were people's, uh, people who uh, claim to have memories from the age of two or one. And uh, those memories, I think, are probably positive and valuable to people, even though they may not be memories, and even though they might be based upon something your mother has told you or a photograph or some family story uh, or some other piece of information or just your general knowledge of infancy. Well, what they seem to do is they seem to tie people into a life story that stretches back to the very earliest parts of life, and I think people find that positive.
1: So how do you go about distinguishing uh, between what is a, a fictional memory, a false memory, and, and what's a, a legitimate memory? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, That's where the rub is. I mean, all memories are fictional to some extent, Uh, even adult memories. The memory of uh, the dinner you had last week with your friends, there'll be fictional aspects to it. So uh, memory isn't a literal record of experience at all. It's a reconstruction. Uh, So what's important here is how a memory fits into your history, your personality, who you are, your identity. It's not particularly important that a memory reflects reality, although if it doesn't reflect reality to some extent, then you're in trouble.
1: Well, but I think we, we put more stock in our memory than is justified, right? And, and this, there's, there's bigger issues around this. I mean, the reliability of, of eyewitness testimony in, in the justice system, for example. How reliable are people's memories of events? Because I, I think to, to the individual, you know, they, they mean everything. This happened. I remember it. And as you say, I mean, the, there are all kinds of different elements that go into to shaping our memories. Mm.
2: That's why I think the justice system has a really big problem, and uh, we've written extensively about that. But uh, it it seems uh, particularly judges have an issue here. Many people believe that memories are like videos, but they're not. Memory is nothing like a video whatsoever. Uh, And we need to understand that and appreciate what it means and make our judgments on the basis of that.
1: So what what can we take from this study? Because I I suppose it's an interesting thought exercise for people to think about what their earliest memories are and and whether they're genuine. But you know, there's some broader issues here that we need to address about just how reliable memory is, right?
2: Right. Uh, And uh, it's a really interesting question. I mean, what do we mean by accuracy when we talk about memory? And I don't, The view that we've tried to develop the theoretical view over the years has been that there's a sort of dimension, if you want, between how well a memory corresponds to experienced reality and how well a memory coheres with other memories and with aspects of our personalities. And all memories lie somewhere on that dimension, but most of them lie down towards the coherence end. It's more important our memories fit with who we are and what we think we are, than it is that they correspond to experienced reality.
1: There's been a lot of research recently into understanding how memories are formed and, and whether in some cases we can you know, target or erase, for example, traumatic memories. In terms of understanding then how the brain works in this regard, are we getting a better understanding?
2: Well, we are getting a better understanding, but the understanding that we're developing is one that memory is far more complicated than we thought. Uh, as is the brain. I mean, uh, just take one step away from memory and think about the way we you know, visually perceive the world. It's made up by the brain. There's no such thing as color unless there's a brain to process it. There's no such thing as sound unless there's a brain to process it. They're just vibrations and wavelengths of light. Uh, so w- what the brain does is it creates for us unconsciously uh, a history which uh, sort of defines us and allows us to have social interactions which are fruitful and helpful.
1: That's the other side of it. I suppose that people start to, to question whether their memories are real, that, that thing from childhood that, that helped shape who you are, you think helped shape who you are. If, if that didn't happen exactly as, as you remember it, does that somehow create a, any kind of identity crisis that we start to, to wonder who we really are, what really happened to us growing up?
2: no i don't think it does do actually i think i think uh, it's just the way the system works and i think it's quite helpful to people to feel that they have a positive relationship to their past uh, but there are uh, issues going on at the moment on on this area of you know kind of fictional memories which are more problematic so a lot of people use social media uh, present themselves on social media in a certain kind of way you know this is who i am and here are some of my memories it might be made up it's you know it might be whatever it's you know it, it's just a presentation but there's some evidence that people come to start remembering these social media presentations of themselves as being themselves and that's that I think that probably is an issue
1: yeah. Well, some fascinating issues here. People can read more. The study is uh, published uh, in the journal Psychological Science. Uh, Professor Conway, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Pleasure to talk to you. That is uh, Professor Martin Conway, director of the Center for Memory and Law at City University London, co-author this study. So it's interesting. So, I mean, there there's some people who generally do remember these things that they claim to remember. In a lot of cases, though, as he says, it's you know something that you, you really don't remember, but you've convinced yourself that you do. And yeah, certainly hearing, you know, growing up, hearing your parents talk about a thing or seeing photos uh, of a family vacation, you know, it all kind of blends together and it can seem like a memory. Right. Which doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's not like you're remembering something just completely crazy that never even remotely happened. But it's just, it's not a true memory, which I find interesting. 403-974-8255. Uh, this is uh, Robert. Robert, go ahead.
0: Hey, Rob. I do know I remember this. You were talking about your wife remembering something when she was three. Yeah. When I was three years old, I distinctly remember living in Woodbridge, Ontario, on a farm that had a, a, a like a, a, a cold cellar below it, and you have to walk in through the door from ground level. And my mom was a Sunday school teacher for years. And so religion was huge in our family, but I can remember her explaining how, like, snakes and how Moses had taken the the, the snake and turned it into a staff and stuff like that. I walked in there one day when I was three. I still distinctly remember this. It did happen. This is not like a a false memory. And I saw a garter, which turned out to be a garter snake, which looked to me like the size of a serpent. And I ran yelling and screaming in total hysterics to my mom that God had sent this snake to get me. (laughs) So that was pretty horrible. But yeah, you can have memories that are actually true as young as three. I really, truly believe that.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. There's an example, Rob. appreciate the phone call. And I suspect, right, And someone else uh, texted, Rob, I remember when I was about three years old, I stuck my finger right inside of an outlet. That thought has never gone away. Yeah, I guess maybe the more traumatic, the more likely you are to remember. Or someone else says, I remember my first day of kindergarten, third birthday. I cried not wanting to go remember it like it was yesterday. There's two different things I done with third birthday and first day of kindergarten or going to kindergarten on your third birthday. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12:30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.